Hello, I'm Jerry Burgum from the Southwest Church of Christ in Tigard, Oregon, and this is Lesson 10 of the Adult Podcast for the D6 Curriculum. The title of this lesson is, If Not for the Grace of God, and it's based on Genesis 27. So as a quick introduction or reminder to the people in this series, there's Jacob and Esau. They are brothers, and they are sons of Isaac. They are grandsons of Abraham. Rebecca is their mother. This is in the Bible time of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when God is building the nation through which, through which the Messiah would come and bless the people of the earth. But God is two generations into his plan, and it seems like things are already starting to get off track due to the bad behavior of his people. But the theme here is God works his grace through us in spite of our faults and failures. So I want you to think of if you've ever experienced a dysfunctional family. Some families seem to have everything together. They get along. There's no drama. They function well. And some families, not so much. Can you think of any? Some families get so upset at one another that they can go years or even a lifetime without seeing one another. In this passage in Genesis, and including a few chapters before and after, we see a family like this. Wouldn't you think that God would pick nearly perfect people and families to work out his will? That, that way we would have great examples to look up to. But that's really not what God did. Instead, he chose ordinary people, no better, no worse than anyone else, to be instrumental in his plan to save the world. So let's read together uh, the entire chapter of Genesis 27. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now old, an old man, and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare the kind of tasty food I like, and bring it to me to eat, so I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son, Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats, so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat, so he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do as I say. Go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah looked at the best, took the best clothes of her Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goat skins. Then she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some game, so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. 
Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate. And he brought some wine and he drank. And his father said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is the smell of like the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and show the sons of your mother. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father asked him, who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said to him, who was that then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you any blessings reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him Lord over you, and have, and have you made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau wept to his father. Do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me too. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's, earth's richness, Away from the dew of heaven above, you will live by the sword and serve your brother. And when you grow restless, you'll throw off his yoke from your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. When Rebekah was told what her oldest son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from the Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. So what dysfunction do you see in this family? Now, the story shows conspiracy, deceit, lies, theft of a blessing, plans for murder, ending up in one son running away. I really can't think of it getting much worse. What caused this? Um, one factor is the mother-father dynamic, I think. And it talks about that in Genesis chapter 25, verse 28, where it says, Isaac loved Esau. Rebecca loved Jacob. So it's never a good thing when the parents choose favorites. But the common practice was for the older son to get the blessing. Was this planned that the younger son would get the blessing in this case? Or was it an accident? Also in Genesis 25, we see more about that. That these, It was known in advance that these two sons would have a conflict. 
In verse 21, it says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. Genesis 25 also tells of another incident between Jacob and Esau, where Esau surrendered his birthright to Jacob willingly. We read in verse, starting in verse 29, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, give me some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die. Esau said, what good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. We've read about birthright and blessing. So I did a little study to understand what's the difference between a birthright and blessing. So a birthright is a right or privilege or a possession to which a person is entitled by birth. The New Living Translation in the Bible calls it rights of the firstborn and rather than uh, birthright. And that's what it is. It's the inheritance rights of the firstborn son or possessions. I found fewer than 10 references to this in the Bible. In the verse we just read, Esau, Esau despised his birthright. What does that mean? Um, we read about that in the New Testament a bit in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, see that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessings with tears, he could not change what he had done. <clears throat> the birthright or inheritance that Esau <clears throat> excuse me, was to receive included the promises that God had made to Abraham and Isaac, but apparently Esau put little value in that. So a, a birthright could apparently be bought and sold. The wording in Genesis 25:33 says Esau sold his birthright. A blessing is a bit harder to define, but it's used widely. The term for blessings abound in the Old Testament, occurring something over 600 times. But the major terms are related to the word blessing means to kneel, since in earlier times one would kneel to receive a blessing. But there's three common themes in Old Testament blessings. There's the greater blesses the lesser. There's the blessing being a sign of special favor that is intended to result in prosperity and success. And third, it's actually an invocation for God's blessing, like saying, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful, as in Genesis 28. But it can also be a response to God. Psalm 103 tells us, bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all his benefits so we can bless the Lord back. So in the Old Testament, to be blessed is typically to be granted special favor by God with resulting joy and prosperity, where in the New Testament, it's more likely to be spiritual rather than material blessings. I wanted to look at a few examples of blessings just to expand on this a bit. So it was done in Genesis 27, the words we just read, Isaac's words to Jacob, may God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down from you, bow down to you, be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. 
May those who curse you be cursed, and all those who bless you be blessed. But I also wanted to look at a few other passages where blessings are given to this family. Um, in Genesis 24, 60, Rebecca's family is asking for God's favor on her. And they say, they asked, they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. And then in Genesis 49, there is a, a long passage where Jacob blesses all of his sons. And though all it's called the blessing, for some of them, it really doesn't sound very blessed. For example, Reuben you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel, for you went unto your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. So in this case, Reuben, he was also a firstborn, but he also lost his birthright due to his sin. But in the case of Jacob giving his blessings, some of them were, were more neutral. For example, he says, Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears uh, beautiful fawns. But possibly the most interesting is the blessing on Judah, where he says, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he whom to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. So in, in the, this whole passage, Judah and Joseph would become uh, leaders. They would eventually become leaders of the southern and northern tribes of Israel. And in this passage, they're given the longest blessings. Um, you might remember Jesus was a descendant of Judah, and he was referred to as the Lion of Judah in Revelation 5.5. So you see reference also to the Lion uh, in this passage we just read. So also to summarize, a blessing was expected. It was in part based on birth order, but also a person's character and history. And it was irrevocable. It had legal force of law. So in the context of Genesis 27, a birthright is possessions, and a blessing is a call to God for one's future prosperity and, its, and success. So in this Bible account and elsewhere, it's a big deal. So sorry for the sidetrack. I really wanted to dig in a bit on blessing versus birthright. Uh, but let's move on. So we remember from the text in Genesis 25 that we know God intended for the older to serve the younger, which wasn't typical. But it's likely that Rebecca remembered God's words about her sons, and she worked, to, worked out a way for God's plan to happen. Is that wrong? It's similar to Abraham trying to fulfill God's blessing and prediction that he would have many offspring. They thought they had to figure out a way for that to happen since Sarah was barren, had no children. And so they had to have a way for Abraham to have a child through Sarah's servant, which also caused unintended problems. Was this sin if they were working to accomplish God's will? Yes, God doesn't give us a pass for bad behavior just because we do it in his name and to fulfill his purpose. Jacob and Rebekah's deception on Isaac the father took a lot of planning. They had to kill a goat, prepare the meat, craft the goat skin for Jacob so his neck and arms were hairy like Esau. This wasn't just a slip in judgment. This was a well-thought-out plan of deception. I also want to just take a look at this quickly from Rebekah's point of view. What do we do when we're waiting for an answer to prayer, or in her case, to God's promise? 
For Rebecca, this was coming down to the last moment, and God hadn't done anything to stop Esau from getting the blessing. This was the day it would happen, and it was irreversible. What was she going to do? Did she have a choice? You might remember um, from the last last week's uh, podcast, there was a, a passage about Isaac sacrificing his, or Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. I would imagine sometime in Rebecca and Isaac's marriage, Isaac may have told Rebecca about this, where God provided an angel to stop the sacrifice of Isaac at just the right moment. If Rebecca would have just remembered that moment in Isaac's life, maybe she would have left it to God to work out his plan. So one conclusion, when we're waiting for God's answer to prayer, we should not use sinful means to achieve the results. We may get what we're asking for, but the result will also have many problems. Nevertheless, God accomplished his plans despite the wrong choices on the part of Rebecca and Jacob. Like we discussed before, fortunately, God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. And because of the choices that Rebecca and um, Jacob made, there are consequences. And we read in 27 verse 41 that Esau held a grudge and decided to kill his brother. So Jacob fled to another land where he spent 20 years apart from his brother and his family. Another point I want to touch on is regarding Esau. Was there any reason to withhold the blessing from him? We know that Isaac was ready to pass on the blessing to him. That was his intent. But we also know that Esau despised his birthright. After Esau realized what happened, he said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. Did Isaac have anything left to give him? In Genesis 49, when Jacob blesses his sons, Judah gets the primary blessing, but Joseph is also blessed. I'm just wondering if Isaac realized that Esau had a lack of spiritual concern in his life, and this was evidenced by selling his birthright. The verse says that he despised his birthright, and it tells us that he held that in low, low value. So we don't know what, through, what went through Isaac's mind at this time, but it's clear he had nothing left to give Esau, no blessing left. Whether that's recognition of Esau's nature or not, we can't be sure. When I first read this, I found it strange that even though the blessing was given through deception, it's still valid. Wouldn't it become void, I thought? Well, clearly not, because in addition to the blessings, uh, Isaac's blessings on Jacob in Genesis 27, Isaac offers an additional blessing to his son in Genesis 28. If there was any option for Isaac to remove the blessings given by deception, this would be the time, but that's not what happened. In fact, he doubles down on the blessings previously given where he says, so Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Pandanaram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now, re now reside as a foreigner the land given to Abraham. So I also just want to quickly compare the wording in this blessing to the previous blessings given to this family because it's important to see that this carries down from one generation to another. Um, so first look at Abraham's uh, God's blessing on Abraham, 
who was, remember, Jacob's grandfather in Genesis chapter 12, where God says, go from your country, your people, from your father's household to land. I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So that was God's blessing on Abraham. Now look at God's blessing on Isaac. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you. Stay in this land a while and I will be with you and bless you. For you and your father, you and your descendants, I will give these lands and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give them all these lands and through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me. And then Isaac's blessing on Jacob. May God Almighty bless you, make you fruitful, increase your numbers. We read that. And then also, um, God blessed Jacob. So this happens in Genesis 28, verses 13 through 15. So here's additional proof that the blessing given by deception is still valid because God himself adds his blessing on Jacob. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I promised. So God had plans for this family and how he would bless the world through them. So I wanted to review some of the blessings. I look at these blessings and how similar they are. So all of them have or some of them have an instruction to go or where to reside. So Isaac was told not to go to Egypt. Abraham was told to go to a land that he would be shown. Jacob was told to go to Pandanaram. Um, there's material prosperity. There's foreign nations serving Jacob and his descendants. There's headship in the family. There's curses and blessings on those who would curse or bless them. And so there's this common language of blessing you, that they would have a homeland, they would have widespread descendants, and they have some, some of them add God's continual presence and then the entire earth being blessed by their offspring. So did these blessings actually come true? Um, did they have a homeland? Well, yes, for many years. Um, in fact, still today, Israel defines itself as a Jewish nation, so they do have a homeland. Um, did they have many descendants? Well, yes, both physically and spiritually. Physically, because at the time of the exodus from Egypt, there were over a million and those, that was the descendants from this promise. And today, Christianity, the spiritual descendants, are really a quarter to a third of the population of the earth. So, yeah, the, the descendants are many. As believers in Jesus, we live under the blessings given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we are among all the peoples on the earth who have been blessed. So these promises given here are very personal to us. But I'm just so glad that God will accomplish his will no matter what. I'm reminded of the time... Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, and the religious leaders asked Jesus to rebuke his followers for calling Jesus the king that comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus said, if they kept quiet, the stones would cry out. That just tells me that God's going to accomplish his will. And he uses many people along the way. Some behaved admirably, and some didn't. But that didn't ruin God's plan. So then in conclusion, God will keep his promises. He doesn't need our help. But he does need our obedience. Our sinful efforts to help 
God fulfill his promise will just cause more problems. They won't stop God from fulfilling his promise. God's chosen people were never perfect. They're far from it. We don't have to be perfect either to follow God. So that wraps up this lesson. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this insightful. Next week, we'll look at another part of Jacob's life in Genesis chapter 35. So may God bless you and give you understanding of his words.